I think we've all been at a breaking point where we're j just like, forget it. I'm going to give this up. I'm going to go back to eating my Twinkies and my chips and my deep fried foods. And they can just bury me in a giant piano sized coffin. Yes or yes. Today's episode is about giving up. We've all felt like it. My name is Terry Renault. This is the Weight Loss Woo Show. Let's get right into this. So, the pressure is just too much. Or maybe you just can't drive by Krispy Kreme one more time because they put addictive chemicals in their donuts and they're freaking delicious. We've all been there. We've all wanted to give up. We've all had rough days where we just wanted to sit in front of the TV and eat whatever the hell we want and never move from the couch again because maybe you just weighed yourself and you're like, really? I am flipping dying here. And what have I lost? Four ounces? Uh, I can't even tell. I don't even see this needle's not even getting any lower, right? Or you have the digital readout and it says, oh, congratulations, you've lost four ounces in here, you know, on the app that is attached to that scale. And you're like, really? Really? Four ounces? You can just shove that. <laughs> so I think that we know that something is broken. That is what happens. You want to give up because something is broken. So I want you to look at the whole thing again before you give up. We all have uh, had moments where things have gotten rough. We've all had setbacks. When we take a look at the circumstances surrounding our failure, we learn something. And through that, we can have successes later on. So the first thing I want you to look at is what rules have you set for yourself that are maybe a little bit beyond your reach right at this moment? So let's talk about intermittent fasting. So with intermittent fasting, people are like, okay, you're just going to go for 16 hours without food. And you're like, uh, all right. Well, your body is going, no, I don't think so. So if you don't open the fridge and eat something, I'm going to totally lose it over here. <laughs> and your body will send you all these signals. We're starving to death. Hello, can you get up? You need to get something to eat right now. Right now, I am dying. I have no energy. I, I'm just going to die of hunger in this chair right here, right now. And then you go and eat a whole bunch of stuff you're not supposed to eat because your body told you it apparently was dying from the lack of food because you didn't eat for like five hours. <laughs> we've all been there so I I always say this don't beat yourself up right 16 hours is just too long when you're first getting started with intermittent fasting so look at your rule and forget about what other people are doing forget about that I mean there are a lot of youtubers that are really super super skinny and I will never look like them because I don't want to for starters I really, I don't want that kind of a lifestyle. Oh, I, I'm 11% body fat. Yeah, okay, you look hungry. 
I don't want to be that person. But I mean, what they're saying, their information is still awesome and I can take away something from that. So when they're saying 16 hours, this is an experienced faster. I want you to start with 10 if you're going to start with anything. Start with 10. Right? Two hours before bed, the food gets cut off. That's all. It's not difficult. If you start feeling antsy, go to bed early. It's not hard system. Right? Go lie in your bed. Watch a little movie on your iPad. Right? And hug yourself and tell yourself it's going to be okay. It's only two hours without food. You're fine. You can make it. Another thing that people do is they get started on this exercise program. And women do it too, right? My example is of a man, but women do this too. And I happen to know of many women who have done this. So we, we go back to the gym with the idea of getting fit. Gonna, gonna build some muscle, right? Get that core strength back and get my metabolism burning faster. It's going to burn that fat so much faster. I'm going to have muscle. I'm going to build, you know, solid bone, do some strength training. It's going to be awesome. No doubt about it. Going to the gym can be awesome. But when you haven't been working out or moving your body for a long time, guess what? Injuries are just right around the corner for somebody that has done nothing years or months even right yes or yes and so this dude and we have been speaking to him about the elliptical because it's a fabulous total body workout and if you suck in your gut while you're on it you can build a six-pack I kid you not I did it myself in my 30s it is an awesome machine it really is well this gentleman looked around at the elliptical and decided it's for old fat ladies and computer nerds because he only saw one guy on it and he looked like a nerd. So he went right to lifting all the big weights and, you know, and doing a jog on, on the machine. And of course, if you haven't even been walking, jogging, especially with extra weight, it's probably not for you. And then what happened? You tell me. He hurt himself, right? Has his ass been to the gym since that day? The answer is no. So, should you try something that is uh, very little impact on your body when you have been out of the gym for a long time? I'm going to say yes, please. Because if you have an injury, you are going to set yourself back even further. You're going to say, well, I went to the gym and then I got hurt. So what's the point? Why do I want to go back there? I'm just going to get hurt again. Right? That's your lizard brain trying to keep you safe. Lizard brain knows that when you're at the gym, you got hurt. But when you're at home sitting on your fat couch eating pizza, you did not get hurt. You were happy. Remember that pizza? It was delicious. So the lesson here is stop setting these outrageous, ridiculous workout rules for yourself. 
Oh, well, I have to do 10,000 steps. Oh, I have to do yoga for an hour. Who says that? Even if your doctor said it, right? You need to backhand that person right across the face. That is not going to be the way to go for every single person. And so many doctors are like, 10,000 steps, 10,000. Come on. Really? Did you do 10,000 steps today? I mean, they probably did, but still, right? You can, you can ask them just to be a smart ass like I would. Um, it's not for everybody. And I, when I'm doing a lot of different physical things, like I'm swimming and I'm like, uh, I do woodworking projects and that's a lot of heavy duty movement and physical activity, even though you're not taking a lot of steps. So if I'm doing those activities, if I hit 5,000 steps, I'm like, Hey, that's great. Uh, like I'd be happy with 3000 because I was doing all of those other things. For instance, yoga is not going to make your step counter go insane. But you're still working and stretching your body and moving all of your muscles and building flexibility. And flexibility makes it easier for you to maintain any kind of a movement plan. Tai Chi, same thing. You're pretty much standing in the same spot. You're not running all over the place like a crazy person. You're just doing movements. It's very good. You can meditate while you're doing Tai Chi. That's the whole point of it. It's beautiful. You're moving the body and you're quieting the mind. And if you can get Tai Chi out at the park, a lot of parks have free Tai Chi or, uh, you know, minimal fee and they're outside doing these classes and it's amazing. Outside is always going to be better for you than inside. Being outside lowers your cortisol levels. It lowers your stress. And why do we want to lower our cortisol levels? Because cortisol is a prime cause of big old belly blubber. And no one's lining up for that. So another thing I want you to think about is, have you been doing the same movement routine and eating the same foods all the time? Maybe it's not that you want to give up. Maybe you're just bored, right? There is a school near me that has, uh, it's been, the school's closed, but they have a track, right, with one little tiny line that you can follow around. And it's flat and it's beautiful to walk on if you just want to get your steps in and just think about your life or I usually chat on the phone while I'm walking around and yes, I am outside. Yes. I'm getting fresh air. Yes. There are a couple of trees there, but it's boring. So I can't, I can't really go two days in a row without feeling a little bit antsy. Like, Oh, do I have to walk here again? Cause this is, you know, it has a view of like, low-income apartment buildings and things and the fire station not exactly high vibration things to look at you'd much rather look at interesting sculpture gardens just plain woods 
right with little animals frolicking about you know much nicer so you got to change it up yes it's more difficult to walk at the beach that's one of the reasons why walking outside is preferable to walking on a treadmill you're getting different types of drain your body's having to adjust maybe you're going a bit uphill Maybe you're going a little bit downhill and then uphill and then downhill. Maybe there's some stairs there. Maybe you're walking on sand, which is totally different than walking on a flat surface. So change things up. Just say, okay, well, I'm going to walk my half an hour, right? And 30 minutes is a great amount of time. If you walk for just 30 minutes a day, you can lose 10 pounds in like 12 weeks just from walking that half an hour. I mean, imagine if you add all the other good habits, drinking water, drinking your vegetable juice, cutting back on sugar and carbs. If you do all of these things together, it makes a significant impact. So change things up. If you're only eating salads, well, of course you're bored of salads. You can try cut-up vegetables. You can try steamed vegetables. You can try wok-fried vegetables. I don't know what... You try something different. You don't have to eat exactly the same thing all the time. Now, I would be happy to eat Caesar salad with lean chicken breast in it pretty much every single day. Because that's one of my favorite meals. If you throw a couple pieces of bacon in there, I'm even more happy. i got to be honest. But, you know, of course, the, the dressing, you know, it has calories. There's no getting away from that. So I don't eat that every day. Because I don't want to get sick of it. It's one of my favorite things to eat. So start looking for recipes that fit your new nutritional wavelength. How you want to be eating. Start looking for ways to switch it up. To change things around. Try having a big meal at lunch. And a smoothie for dinner. You can do different things. A lot of people. They'll just have a smoothie for lunch. Which is great. I've done that many many times. But sometimes I switch it around. And I have something substantial. For lunch. Maybe I even cheat. Maybe I have foods I'm not supposed to have. And then I have a smoothie for dinner. Trying to even it out. I know it's not even, but I'm trying to even it out. And another thing I want to suggest is if it's just too hard, then have a cheat meal. Just have a cheat meal. Have your fried chicken. Have some potatoes with gravy. Have a piece of cheesecake. Right? Have them all at one meal. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Do whatever you have to do to make yourself feel like, okay, I can keep going. I can, I can keep getting up in the morning and doing this. And the very last thing that I want you to remember when you think about giving up is, what is your why? Now, if you don't have a why, you're in a lot of trouble. Because... Your why is the reason that you keep going. Why did you start doing this? Well, 
doctor put me on a whole bunch of pills. He told me this could happen or that could happen. Or she said I might have some kind of weird attack like this. She said I end up in this kind of a bad situation. If I keep going the way I'm going, I might not be around to see my kids graduate from high school. These are the reasons. These are your why. When you get married, you're, you're in a partnership. And I think that part of your commitment to that person is to try to be there for them as long as you possibly can. And try to be the least burden that you can. And so by revving up your health, by dropping some pounds, by becoming more flexible and more fit, you are able to contribute a happier, healthier you to the partnership. And really, I mean, that's part of what this big commitment of marriage is. I mean, it's a lot of other nonsense, right? That I'm not a marriage therapist. Right. But we all have we all have challenges in our marriage. But this is one of the things that you can do for yourself, for your partner and for your family. Is to try to be as healthy as possible, to be, try to be the least burden possible and try to be there for them when they have their significant moments. Or maybe they just need you there to have a shoulder to cry on. And every single person I know that lost one of their parents when they were really young wishes that they could turn to them for advice or just to chat on the phone or go shopping with them or just give them a hug one more time. So know what your why is. Know who you're doing this for. You're doing it for you because you want to be there for them. I don't know exactly what your reasons are. They could be anything. Maybe you just want to outlive that cranky guy on the corner that you have to fight the urge to throw rocks at his house because he's so miserable. <laughs> right? It could be anything. I don't know. Whatever gets you up, gets you to put your walking shoes on and gets your ass off the chair and out the door. Whatever it is, whether your motives are happy or family oriented or partner oriented or just plain hate, <laughs> right? Revenge, whatever it is, competitive spirit, doesn't matter. Whatever fuels the fire to keep you in the game, stay in the game. Anyway, it's been great talking to you. I don't want to keep you too long. Have the best day ever. And if you have liked this, then please give it a five-star rating.